Have you ever seen something in a theater that you just couldn't explain? Or have you ever thought about if dying really ain't that bad? And do you spend sleepless nights wondering exactly what happened to Natalie Wood that night on the boat? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then it's time for you to exit stage death. Exit Stage Death is the chilling true stories behind your favorite Broadway shows, releasing bi-weekly on Tuesday starting May 24th. So if you want to find out which Broadway house is the most haunted, talk about what killed our favorite Broadway flops, and learn about the murderous path of Mama Rose that took Gypsy Rose Lee to stardom. It's time for Places, actors. Thank you, Places. It's time to exit stage death. It's time for a bonus. A bonus episode. I love episodes of theater, 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 theater. We're going off the beaten path. Off the beaten path. We're off. Off. Hi, friends. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Whoa. Hi. Hey. Okay, well, that's how this is going to be, right? Uh, well, CJ, what? you're in an intense environment right now. Your, your cat is being <laughs> so really needy, and you have a ice cream truck outside, and are you okay? Do we I'm need okay. to call anybody? No, okay. I just have to set up uh, her office. Pan gets mad if she doesn't have something right next to me that she can lay down on, so I just had to get a shirt out of the closet. We're getting, sure. the, uh, to describe to the audience, we're getting you in the camera... But then behind you is a is a large mirror yeah. where we can see the cat and you're restraining the cat. It's, it's, it looks like you're just like hand on cat. Now yeah, I'm petting her and she's damn it, on. damn you, bad, damn you. Well, it's good to be back, y'all. It's good to see y'all. I uh, the last yeah. time we talked was about Cyrano. That was fun. Serrano, yes. Yeah, really Serrano good. chili pepper. It, is, it uh, is stuck with me. Yeah. Did y'all get to listen to the Kate discussion? That I had by any no, chance? No, not yet. No, okay. I didn't. I, I listened. Check it out. It's, it's fine. You don't listen to our podcast. I got, it's fine. I got it I, tomorrow. Do sometimes I don't. Like sometimes I forget because I'm on to other things, and also I I usually mix. So by the time it's done, oh. I've already heard it three oh. times. Like, and I, I listened to the mix, oh. and then um, I'm oh. sorry, I had a fucking reading to do last night oh. that someone asked me to do. Yeah, so. we yeah we had to read a play <laughs> last night. We did. We did a reading of my play last night. Uh, Rachel and I wrote a play together. It's called. Uh, actually, likes it the might title have a this. new. Well, I think a <laughs> well, few people like the title. I yes, still love I the did. title. I, I actually dig the, the title. I haven't let go of the title yet, which is the lineage of Jesus, but. There was a good thought given last night. I think Rebecca Larson, director of Three Guys, One Group, uh, I think was the one who spurred it. She said, what about Mother of God? And we were like, oh, that's interesting. But we went a couple steps further. We like, tell me what you think. We're going to do this right here on the podcast. Tell me what you think about this. Mothers of God. Ooh. A soap opera in two acts. I really like that. Okay, that's it. I think that's where we're going. Anyway. All right. Announcing it here. And that's we should the also, and not to interrupt, but just a shout out to Rachel, your lovely yes. wife. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. Just, uh, she's, I try not to talk cool about her on the shit. podcast because she doesn't like it, but it's fine. We're doing it anyway. <laughs> um, we wrote a play together, and it's awesome, and she's cool as shit. And one day, maybe we'll have her on just just for fun. Yeah, we absolutely uh, should. But I will should. say this. I'll say it. Say it. Add it to the log. I. 
am excited to talk about what we're talking about today. And I think we should get into yeah. it. But there are a couple things that need to be addressed very quickly before we get very into quickly. it. Very yes. quickly. Just very uh, quickly. Today we're talking Huge about weekend. the Fringe Fest. We're welcome to the theater, the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater people. <laughs> LA Theater Scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. CJ. Scott. Yeah, and we're we're talking about fringe today. We're not talking about playwrights. We're talking about fringe. If you're here, it's because you're in LA or you're not and you're interested in LA. I love the LA theater scene. CJ really loves the LA theater scene. Scott, what are your feelings? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Not to speak for you, CJ, but you fucking love this theater scene. You talk well, about I, it a lot. You convinced I, me to love it in a lot of ways. I do. Well, and also Hollywood Fringe Festival is kind of fresh festival. Wow. Festival. Festival. I am so sober right now. No, it's it's like second Christmas for me every year. I love the Fringe Festival. It always yeah. kind of like reinvigorates my love of theater, especially yeah, in LA. Yeah, we'll talk about my feelings on Fringe later, but there's a couple things to address real quick. Um, Tony Award nominations are out. Yes. Thoughts? Yeah. Concerns? I know nothing about them. I haven't even looked them up. I know I'm terrible. Well, I'm, I'm, yes, I do have a thought. And yeah. of all institutions, the Tonys really needs to do this. Um, the Layman Trilogy got several nominations, including all three actors. The entire cast got each a leading actor True. nomination. But that's kind of bullshit because somebody's going to get screwed. They'll probably all three get screwed because no. they'll split the vote. But why the Tonys, of all things, does not have a Best Ensemble Award baffles me sag does it I because agree. they respect actors um the and it it would be another sort of feather in caps for a lot of shows um but i you i know, feel really strongly that about the that. tony awards for me in a lot of ways are like because they are and you've talked about this before scott because they are so singular to new york broadway theater like they're not yeah. very representative of anything anyway, but I agree there right. should be that ensemble award. But also I think like if we're a podcast that talks about playwrights, what's crazy interesting about this year is we have Lynn Nottage's Clydes, which we discussed mm -hmm. on the Lynn Nottage mm -hmm. uh, podcast, which was the one that uh, was originally titled Floyd's. And she changed yes. it to Clyde's. Yeah. Uh, and so that just finally got its run since it didn't get to run during COVID. So we have a Lynn Nottage play. We have a Martin McDonough play, Hangman, right. which I've heard mm -hmm. fantastic things about. Only we have amazing things about. The Layman Trilogy, which everyone who saw that, has, including Oof. you, Scott, has said it was one of the best theater experiences ever. Uh, which is crazy because it's like four hours long. And then four hours. We have, of <laughs> course, uh, the Steppenwolf production of The Minutes, a play by Tracy Letts, Whee! another right. playwright we have covered, which is fucking cool. And then after that, you have The Skeleton Crew uh, by Dominique Morisot. Those are what you have up for best play. Really cool and interesting. I'm excited to see it's, what it's wins. It's nicely diverse. Layman yeah. is, I think, the front runner currently. Uh, yeah, I could I, see I, Clyde's uh, or Hangman pulling through just because I haven't read either. But Layman is the one that all the buzz is surrounding, I believe. And we should also give another shout out to Lynn Nottage, who also got a nomination for Best Book. For, for MJ, the, the musical. For MJ, the Michael Jackson mm -hmm. musical. And yeah, I, yeah I've, heard, I've, I've only talked to one person who saw it, and they had very mixed feelings about it. But they had similar feelings to me about michael and ha how we handle yeah um his thing and as we've talked about a million times before on this podcast 
we each have to make our own decisions about whose art we're going to accept or decline right. based on. Well, I think we should decline the Billy Crystal Mr. Saturday Night musical comedy. Oh, it's Billy Crystal. Oh man, I'm looking at the noms right now, yeah. and I wow. Two others <laughs> worth mentioning though are Six, the musical. Uh, people yeah. love Six. I, I would love to see it so bad. It's so fun to listen to. Another one worth checking out. Yeah, the cast recording of Six is rocks. But if anyone has the time and the means, check out – everyone has the means. It's the internet. Go on YouTube <laughs> and look up A Strange Loop. It's a musical oh, yeah. that actually has gotten a lot of buzz on TikTok because they have a TikTok where they show a lot of their numbers and stuff. And it's a very visual, uh, theatrical musical. There's not a lot of sets, a lot of lighting, and just people singing. And freaking great i think every, everyone should check out a strange loop there's a lot of buzz around that one uh and six we'll see what ends up winning i kind of i don't know i don't know how i feel about the mj thing we'll see um i'm seeing tootsie tonight i also don't know how i feel about that so we'll see oh i've been wondering I'm, i know you mentioned you were seeing it but i couldn't remember yeah. when you said you were seeing it i'll yeah, be interested tonight. to hear your feedback right i did not care uh, for what i saw or heard of I, it i want to also mention revivals real quick of plays because yes, we are a playwright place uh, american buffalo Fuck yeah. yeah. For colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is yes, enough, apparently. we will be covering Shanghai later this season. So we're going right. to read that. And there's a movie. Yeah. We're going to watch yeah. it. It's going to be great. Um, I don't know anything about the movie. How I Learned to Drive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really cool. And both, both, um, both of them got noms to David Morris and... Uh, which is crazy that they're reprising their roles, reprising their role. I didn't mean to say reprise. I'm sorry. I'm not pretentious. Uh, they they are <laughs> reprising. She's a little old for that role now. Let's be clear. But I yeah, think but there might have been some adaptation done. Maybe. Um, How could I you say so. that about Mary Louise Parker? Well, she's you the only star that. I've ever seen live. <laughs> She uh, whatever is, jerk she's i so, think i'm a star she's so extraordinary you're, great. you're absolutely <laughs> phenomenal there is a difference between being hyper talented and being a shining ball of gas in the sky that is undeniably perfect in every way shape and form <laughs> and that is mary louise parker and no one else uh, i saw take me out on there too which was take like me a big out? that was Very a big theater thing for me when i was in college so. yeah oh, right on and then okay. uh the lashans play trouble in mind which was a uh, uh roundabout production um yeah uh the revivals of musical are actually worth mentioning too because we have car uh, covered one of them carolina change is up uh which was also a roundabout we have company which we've also covered uh hugh jackman's a music man i i I have a soft yeah. spot in my heart for the Music Man. Yeah. I just like I I don't remember the actual musical that well. There's just so many songs in it I like. I did it in community theater. It was like the first summer I ever did community theater. Yeah. But Hugh Jackman, I just I felt more and more kind of weird about him since we started this podcast. Oh shit! Sam Rockwell's in American Buffalo. They yeah. say he's the best thing about it. Are we ever oh, gonna cover Mammoth? No. Oh, Ruth Nega. I kind of feel like he's about as Ruth lovable Nega is as Neil in Mackers. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll yeah, we should go through this. Yeah, he's in the same this. category this now. A, this is yeah. exciting. There's a lot of cool noms this year, actually. We we should go through this some other time because this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know why I'm okay. Welcome to Theater Theater. We already did that. Hi. Let's Hi. talk about what's. Is there something else we need to talk about before we get into it? Oh, we should give a, a shout out to Fat Ham, uh, the Pulitzer Prize winner for drama by James James Ijamis Ijamis. I hope I said that right. Uh, but that was just, it got lost in the Tony shuffle. 
Uh, but oh. the Pulitzer Prizes all came out, and Pulitzer Prize and Drama went to Fat Ham, which is a retelling of um, Hamlet set in the Deep South with an uh, African-American man. Let's find it and read it. Yes, for cool. sure. Uh, by James E. James. And, um, yeah, the first uh, the first thing I saw on Twitter was Paula Vogel going, congratulations. Aww, I a, love her on Twitter. It's supposed to be marvelous, yeah. So, um, But I thought that was important. Also, one more thing just for me and a little bit for CJ. New Doctor Who announced, and it's huge. It's, uh, it's, it's um, uh, uh, sorry, Chuti, Chuti Gatwa who's on sex education, who's brilliant on sex education oh, sure. and hilarious. Um, but it's the first, uh, uh, well, it's not the first technically, but the first main Doctor Who that's black and the first one that uh, is going to have some sort of queer um, bent. Tint, tint very exciting. Tint. That's yeah, very exciting. So, yeah, uh, thank you for letting me get that out. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Who hasn't been good since the 70s, so it's fine. Um, oh. So... oh, my God. <laughs> sure. Them's fighting words. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. Doing and stuff. Um, okay. So I'll, watch, <laughs> I'll watch every single episode ever for the and stuff and tell you what's good and what's bad. Um, it's, no, you'll never get through them all. No, I'm going to start right now uh, during this episode. Uh, <laughs> hi, everybody. So we're going to talk about Fringe Fest today. Something, Two exciting things that are coming up. We have Ellen and Lois, who are two of the most incredible people that I know, and they run and produce Hollywood Fringe Festival, basically completely on their shoulders. They have a team, but they're sort of the, the, the pinnacle of this whole thing. And we're going to do a little mini interview with them just to discuss where they're at with Fringe, what they're most excited about, how they got started. I want to lo know a little bit more about them. So that'll be later in this episode. And then before that, we're going to be joined by a guest at some point. Yes. I don't want to say too much else. We'll let it happen when it happens. But yeah, he might right. just like we'll burst in <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man. I don't know. But we're going to we're gonna have a blast uh, talking with him uh, because he's sort of the king of fringe. We have the king of fringe coming, y'all. The, <laughs> the king of fringe. Yeah, we wrote him a theme song. We'll put it at the end. Yeah, um, totally. But I wanted to get out as many as we can until that happens. Some like shout outs of shows. Uh, that you are excited about, shows that you know about, shows that we have connections to. If you're a listener and you are connected to a Hollywood Friends show, please send us some information. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, we've got, we've got we've got hyping, hyping and coming and special episodes dropping yeah. and all of that happening over the next... And we're getting press passes. <laughs> and we're getting press passes over the next six weeks. So that's going to be um, exciting. We would love to hype your show. We'd love to talk to you about... Uh, your show we're gonna be around we're gonna have we should get lanyards made yeah <gasps> I love we, theater, we, theater, will, we will have business cards made uh -huh. um yeah you gotta design we're hoping to get way, 600 like, listeners yeah, just, a week I get them in so <laughs> i can 600 instead of 500 listens yeah you don't know how many people are just re-listening cj yeah. what it's like 400 of them are it's us. me it's me it's, it's just well it's you. obviously not you two it's it's just me uh, uh, it's fine. turn it down and not uh, listen away. to our debate because i put it right in, in the middle of us talking about carbiography because she and I talk so much about choreography, so I dropped it right in the middle. Oh, I gave cool. it a little Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, real quick, before we announce any of these, are you are you guys involved in any Fringe shows? Well, funny you I'm should ask. I figured. So we have 
the one that Scott and I are involved in that CJ has nothing to do with, which is nope. um, it's the Bailey one man show uh-huh. where I stand and eat fruit for two and a half hours. And if you make it through the whole thing, you get to go to the rest of Fringe for free. You heard it here, folks. It's, it's, <laughs> called, heard it here. it's, it's called heavy metal, heavy metal baby food. Yes. And it is. Colin, extraordinary colon heckett's revenge right um and it's just like a really beautiful piece about the tempest um <laughs> uh, i am shakespeare uh i am prospero uh so <laughs> i am prospero uh, uh who knows um, are, we're talking about the other shows. one there's another one uh, yeah, we. Uh, I am producing a play that you wrote, Bailey. I don't I know if you're aware of this. I did. Um, and that CJ is in. Uh, it's directed by uh, the brilliant Rebecca Larson. And I mean brilliant. Like, Rebecca's talented. I've directed. I've worked with her. I've acted with her. But she's sincerely one of the smartest people I know. She's directing it. She's doing a fabulous job. Amanda Blake Davis, who's huge on the improv scene here in town and who is just a gem of a person and then of course the brilliant lee wolf uh star in that and um so it's it's exciting oh look at this wait oh we have a visitor what's happening we have a visitor someone has entered the room hello he's he's in he's in well Let's do screens. a quick test of his sound to get him moving wow. oh he's in the red room everyone <laughs> he's in the twin peaks red room <laughs> once you get in you never really get out <laughs> we are fucked we are fucked ladies we and gentlemen <laughs> allow us a moment to introduce the brilliant michael shaw fisher playwright actor composer ovation award winner multiple ovation award winner Ooh. bon vivant and generally a great guy we've spent many hours together working collaborating and doing stuff um but we introduced you before you got on here we mentioned you as uh as sort of the king of fringe you're in it you're in it every year but not you participate every year and you and you usually are doing some sort of production but i think that what i've always appreciated about you is that you love the fringe you love going <laughs> and being there can you talk a little bit about that it was only i think this year where i, I realized that being on the fringe in hollywood is actually not a desirable thing for most people <laughs> working in hollywood um no but i i think like i started back in 2011 and it was kind of like i i had come from usc and come from film school and then i you know back in 2010 when my agency in uh was william morris was swallowed by endeavor i then had to kind of think fast about what I wanted to do. So I started just kind of doing some theater things, but I, I didn't know the first thing about how to approach theater. I'd originally gone to college to, to like do theater and to like and be a professor and stuff like that. You know, I'd, I'd originally wanted something stable, but I kind of come out with this sort of, I've been like industry only had been my, my goal, but I just missed, I missed doing it. <clears throat> I miss being like able to, able to put things up and be able to create stuff. I just found out about Fringe. I did a show called The Barking Pig, which was crazy. <laughs> right. Um, and that was in the broad- As Fringe <laughs> shows often are. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I tried to get as crazy as possible with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hadn't written a musical yet. I just kind of had fun with a play and that was bonkers. And and then, yeah, and then I did Doomsday Cabaret and Exorcistic and then just kept making shows 
I love Exorcistic. Yeah. That's been one of my favorites that I've seen. Right. Oh, thanks. We're actually going to do a, a, a recording of that. <gasps> yeah, it's, so it's about time. Yeah. So was good. Jesse Merlin in that originally? He was. Yeah. If you guys don't know Jesse Merlin, and if you're in small theater in LA, you probably know who Jesse Merlin is. Oh, but we did is... the National Lampoon show together. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I saw that. He's, he was great. He's... You guys are great. <laughs> he's just sort of a legend. He's a trained opera singer. He's a genius, and he's into some weird, cool stuff. So he's a yeah. self-described hack. That's how <laughs> the pride. Um, but he's he's just like yeah he's he's also like very niche horror theater, you know. Right. Yeah. He yeah, because he did he did Reanimator, um, with Stuart Gordon and and all that. But yeah, half of our houses were exorcistic, which was just hit people that came to see him. Right. You know? This is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> What's a show that you've worked on that you? I don't want to say absolutely hated or anything like that, but what's like a what's been in like a, a theater nightmare that's happened to you in Fringe? We did a whole episode where we took audience horrifying nightmares of things that happened to them on stage or backstage. Uh, do you have any that surround Fringe in particular? Ooh, Fringe. Well, there was this show directed by Scott Leggett called Poe Show. That was an absolute <laughs> nightmare. No, I love that. Uh, that was by Orson Welles summer. <laughs> we had a blast. We won Best Comedy for that. That was fun. With, uh, Brendan, that, with Brendan Hunt as Edgar Allan Poe. God, <laughs> and and oh. written and created by Ed Goodman. We oh, should give God. huge shout outs to. Um, but yeah, that There's was There's actually crazy. a Sesame Street character who Ed Goodman like who comes on the screen because my son is now watching Sesame Street and that character comes on the screen with the mustache and the hair. I'm like, that's Ed Goodman. It's Ed. <laughs> it's it's Ed. Entire it does kind of look like a Muppet. <laughs> off of a Sesame Street character. Um, I don't know, like wh horror situations, like like complete nightmares. I mean, I've, I've seen some some shows that were, <laughs> sure. that were nightmares. Um, that's That's been the most, probably the most trying, but I, I would say um i mean maybe this the first one out of the gate was the hardest because there were people peeing in beer cans in the back of the theater <laughs> and it was like back when fringe was this nasty rowdy um yeah i think i had like somebody like hurt somebody on the stage or something like it was it was tough it was like or it was like in rehearsal maybe that kind of deal but it was mostly just because i was so new to it and i hadn't taken on enough people who actually know what they're doing to make sure. my job easier. So sure. I was the writer think, director and I was just, yeah. One of the more right. beautiful pieces of fringe is that we do in terms of quality, right. Is that we do <laughs> get things from zero to 10, right? Like you, you, you like, totally I've seen do. things that have blown my mind out of the water. Uh, and then I've seen things that I walked out and I went like, how did they get away with selling why a ticket to it. like yeah why did I've they pay the money to do that oh. I've got one. Oh. years ago it was a summer when I thought I wasn't even going to do Fringe and I think I was coming back from a trip from Europe or something and I get a call from Lee Wolf who is in Three Guys One Group on with us the great Lee Wolf and she was directing a musical called Cabaret LA and one of her <sighs> actors dropped out 10 days before no it was opening day and wanted me yes, to <laughs> wanted me to step in and it was a guy that was playing it and i had a song that was 10 pages of political rap 
<laughs> That's oh. right. You wrapped. You, 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 <laughs> you broke it down. Yeah. And I pulled that fucking shit off. We did a performance at um, three clubs, like before the whole backspace was redone. Right. <sighs> and playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, it, it, there's had a full what, band like it. The guy paid a lot of money to put it up. Yeah, no, there's, that's, <laughs> you know, but it's it's those, and then it's it's the ones that you you randomly go see. It's like where you've walked out of uh, out of a show and you're like, ah, I got time, and it's like, hey, Fisher, where are you going? I'm gonna go see this, and you go and you're like, what's this about? We don't know, and then you go in and you're just like, holy crap, like these. Yeah. kids did some amazing work or these not always kids but often there's a younger vibe going on and and people just sort of hustling to do it which is part of the magic of it i think there's as much magic in the zeros as there are in the tens for I, me like, i personally have found that I, I i agree with that scott but i personally have found that as most of the time as producer or as creative in fringe i don't tend to love fringe when i just go and I just see shit, I think it's magic. Yeah, I, right. It's so much more fun to me, because, especially because usually when I'm producing, I don't get to see very much. Right, right. right? Or especially if you're acting, right? You're just like, I'm not gonna, I can't see all my friend's shows. I got, I got a random 2 p.m. performance on a Tuesday, fuck. You know, so I, I, I think that's really difficult, but I fall in love with it and fall in hate with it every other year, depending on <laughs> what my relationship to Fringe is. This year, I'm very proud to be like a playwright because I'm not involved. I just handed the script and went, great, now I get to go. Um, right. And I like, get to see you at the bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but how, how many, because I'm used to every year, Michael, like every year that Fringe comes around, I mean, they've kind of already said this, but like, how many shows are you involved in each year? The average, in my opinion, is probably like five. I don't know what you would think. But like <laughs> this year in particular, how many shows do you have your, your toe dipped into? I mean, I've got an emotional investment in your show. I appreciate um, that. Well, well, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not like I'm not involved in any way, but I know. You I'm, were technically on the literary committee that chose it, I believe, yes. though. See? Yes. Yes, yes, I was. Yeah. Yes. I, wow. I, did, I chose that show. I was I was 100% behind that show. And, and I'm so excited to see it. It's like, it's like uh, yeah, I, I don't know. When it comes to being involved in a piece, like, I think it was maybe the, the year we did Poe show. I was doing Shakespeare's Last Night Out. And mm, that was a good one. Oh, is that the, <laughs> what, what year did you do? Um, oh, now the name eludes me. The two, the two hander you did. Uh, 2016. That was with Ben Moroski, who has a show in right. this year called Dog, which I'm He's super marvelous, excited. Marvelous show. actor, good yeah. actor, great um, writer too. Oh, I remember Brendan came to see his show, and I don't remember who I heard this from afterwards, but maybe it was he. Maybe I heard from Brendan, but he said Brendan Hunt was like, I don't think he knows how good of a writer he is. Oh, interesting. And, and, and I and, and I I completely well I think Ben works so hard I think maybe the emotional stuff that happens behind the scenes is kind of you know when I was doing that I was going through a bad breakup and I think Ben was writing these scenes before he would bring them in and he would be at war with himself the night before he would be breaking chairs and just like <laughs> he would come in in like this 
just, I don't know if these pages are, there you go. Like, you know, just, I don't know if this is any good. And then we would do it and it would just be incredible. But he, he took it so seriously. And there is, and I think you, you know, what you put into it in any sort of creative endeavor, it's like, if you pour yourself into it and you create something, not, you know, because you're trying to get an award or not because you're trying to maybe make this go to Adelaide or, you know, whatever, right. but you're just trying to make something that's of quality of excellence. Then yeah. you come out with something that's like, you know, Cookie and the Monster or um, what was it, Night Witches. Like you come out with shows that are like so, so good. And, and, the, and you see them and they just, all you want to do is sort of live in that world. And it's so short that you, you want yeah. more. Yeah. And I, I swear, like there have been shows that I've gone to, like you were saying, I, I will for, never forget them. Like they are better than any other theater that I've ever seen. And they, they're just like these silver bullets that just yeah. kind of stay lodged in the beast. Yeah. And, and like, and they kind of contribute to my self-doubt every day whenever I am creating something. <laughs> yeah. Be that yeah. good. Everything Burglars of Ham does is that to me. I saw fucking Reza. I've talked yeah. about this on the podcast 7,000 times, so I'm not going to fully relive it. But I walked out angry. <laughs> and I was angry for weeks on end. Where I was just like. talked about it. I can't believe I didn't think of that. I can't right? fucking believe I didn't think of that. I'm so mad. I'm so mad I didn't think of that. And it's just like, that happens though. And that, that's the beauty though, right? That's what we like. Yeah. I, I yeah. do love seeing those things. That's what challenges me. And you're right, Michael. I'll be sitting down writing something like, okay, but this has to be better than Reza now. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, impossible. So, yeah. And then you get these weird classics that come in. Like, I remember, was it um, School of Night did Hercules? And it was you know, a, a play that I never probably would get the opportunity to see unless I was like in college and someone sure. did it as like a scholastic exercise. Sure. But they do it and they did it with such commitment. And it was one of the fiercest performances. I like, I just, I was floored. And afterwards I was like, you know, starstruck about the team when they came out and I just mm -hmm. couldn't, you know, kind of form words. And you get Hercules, Hercules Insane. That was the name of the show. Their Punch oh, and yeah. Judy knocked me on my Their ass. Their Punch and Judy was, that was fantastic. fantastic. That was They're doing Boudica this summer. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, know who the company was who did Grail Project a few years back? Theater oh. Movement Bazaar. Theater they movement took bizarre. that to Edinburgh. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. I loved yeah. that piece. Yeah. Mark Dorr yeah. and I used to be co-workers. He, he was the guy that played King Arthur in it. One of the most visceral moments in theater ever. And I can't, there's no way to explain this on the podcast without, it just won't make any sense. But there's this moment where they, they drop the Donna Summers. <laughs> and the second it dropped, I don't know, there must've been some cue before, but I missed it completely. The moment it dropped, the entire cast started barely swaying back and forth together and this perfect left and right just like just their, their stuff is fucking moving. impeccable you were just doing and the whole show i was just with them i'm getting chills talking about it. i was with <laughs> them completely i have i got a pin afterwards mm -hmm. i still have it it's sitting somewhere <laughs> on my on my bookshelf i yeah so i have some like amazing french stories i also but like i brought up theater nightmares i've worked on a few projects where i was like this is hell <laughs> I yes hate this i want nothing to do with fringe ever again and then by the next year i'm like no it's the best what did i why did i say no to all these projects this year i should have done it uh well it's the ones that bite off more than they can chew right and i've yes. been a part of that too like when we did poe show 
part of the original idea was that every night was going to be different. Well, that was and, the original run. And that before. was the original run that we had yeah. done. And, and it was, it, and Ed was like, literally had like 200 pages of material. And, and finally I just put my foot down. I was like, this isn't, I was like, have Brendan riff where he's riffing. Like let, let give him moments to, to go ahead and do that. But otherwise you need to, it needs the rest of it needs to be sharp as attack. Here's a question. Um, in order to work. What are y'all's feelings on producing pre-published things at fringe? There's always a Danny in the deep blue sea. There's always a true West. There's always a, there's always a million love. Shakespeare's. Yeah. Always right. a spring awakening. Oh yeah. And it's sort of like, and I, I know some of them are like doing cool. I, you know adaptations of like when it's shakespeare and stuff i i like i think there are cool things happening mm -hmm. um but i don't when you're doing danny the deep blue sea there's not a lot you can do to conceptualize that you know what right I mean? right what are y'all's feelings on that i i've, I'm, I've talked I'm, about it a lot on the podcast I i'm it. mixed i think that the stuff that you can again the further away you are from contemporary i think the better because you can fuck with Shakespeare, you can fuck with Chekhov, you can yeah. do the Greeks, and you could do crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not my interest point uh, unless I hear that something is especially good. When I'm right. looking at Fringe, I'm looking for original stuff. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. for um, stuff that's outside the box or that they're, uh, especially a younger company, trying something new. Um, I dig it. Um, but yeah, I don't need to necessarily see all my sons, the fringe version. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's also, I want to see some, if I'm going to see something that's from an established contemporary playwright, I want it to be a rare piece. Yeah. Like one that you never see performed. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I want to see right. one of those weird, like Beckett pieces that, you know, you don't, you know, or a weird pinter. Like I'd see the dumbwaiter, you know, yeah. because. Or right. like the striker. <gasps> or the striker. Which yeah, I was just striker? thinking Car Carol Churchill has so many of those short one act, you know, shorter pieces so many. that would fit great that people never fucking do because you have to package it as a as a whole night. But um, well, and the problem with Fringe, too, I feel well for me anyway, if I my favorite ones are when you walk in and it's a half hour or 45 minutes or an hour. I don't think I've ever seen a fringe piece that's longer than 90 minutes and 90 minutes during fringe feels like an eternity to me. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, well, if you're doing a day of shows, it feels it's huge yes. because you're yes. like, I'm trying to get through these shows. Let's go, you know? And yeah. like, and not in a bad way always like I'm, I'm enjoying the shows, but that's why I like a 45 minute. I like a half hour fringe. That's mm -hmm. my, that's my sweet spot. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think Race it's a musical. Was like 80, race it was like seventy-five minutes. Yeah, and uh, and that was as long. I, you felt it like that was as long as it could be, and mm -hmm. that was also. It was also just a, we just rehearsed the hell out of it, and the burglars a hammer. They're like uh, that. Al, uh, yeah, Albert. Shout out to Albert, who's a friend of the pod and and frequent promoter of the pod, and uh, but he was meticulous in his directing. We rehearsed that for six weeks. There's Michael, no what's joke. your thoughts on run times and fringe? I mean, if you can earn it, <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. that's a really good thought. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like I, I want to see Fringe Layman trilogy now. No, oh, and wow. more, I'm more impressed if you can earn it with a shorter runtime. But right. if you can earn it with a longer runtime, I'll be equally impressed. But I'm I I think it's just like if you can hit me with a with something in like that half hour that's incredible or 45 minutes. But if it's if it's an hour 15, an hour 20. I'm 
I'm I'm trying to remember so many of these shows. Like you've actually like when you said Grail Project, I think that kind of unlocked. Yeah, there's so much come flooding back. Like, oh yeah, because oh, there was yeah. I saw ahead, I've saw I've, for the last ten years I've seen literally everything because I do the Orgasmico Awards. I'm not doing it this year because of my baby, but every year <laughs> I've done Orgasmico Awards and the O Face Awards. And so the O Face Award is like everybody would apply for it because it's very general. It's and it, and it opens it up for a performer to be able to get an award or a writer. Um, and so these things would kind of happen. So I would just go see as many things as I possibly could. And I'm now I'm like, I want to go back and I want to go down the list of, of my, my, <laughs> you know, my little messages in my inbox for fringe where like people would submit for things and just see how many of these I've seen and, and just remember them because it's infinite. Like there's so many of them that I've, I've forgotten more than I could ever uh, conjure like right now. It's just, there's <laughs> so much there. Um, wow. One that was incredible is Rogue Theater. Was it Rogue Artists? Rogue Theater Artists? They did uh, yeah, something called or, Rogue on, Artists Ensemble. Yeah. They did oh, yeah. um, something called D is for Dog. Oh, and, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. And, and, I, and I went with my, I went with my, uh, she was my wife, my ex-wife and I had separated and we kind of gotten back together for a date. And we went and saw that. <laughs> and, and it was like this about this like homemaker, like 19, like 50s. And like everything was, you know, you know, like you have this like weird sunshine screen, but it would be like, tss, tss, like there'd be this like little blips in in the window. So, sorry, there was, uh -huh. a, there was a window scene of like a street, but the window would sometimes get staticky as if it was a screen. Oh, oh shit. And this family was yeah. like, oh, and like super like cookie cutter, weird. It was strange. And then they would all go to bed and, and when they go to bed, these like puppets that were like these huge, like long limbed, lanky, like apocalyptic characters would like come in out of them then dark and like in the shadows and just lure, like lurk, lurk in and like sniff over them and like sniff over their counters and like all this just nastiness. And then they would go away. At the end, it was revealed that this sort of Susie Homemaker woman was wearing this a wig and she'd take off this homemaker wig and her head was just full of sores <gasps> and like ah. it was just underneath this family was this was the fact that they were buried underground from from radiation and that was the secret that they were all keeping from this woman who was suffering from psychosis and didn't want to know didn't want to remember what happened like to wow. the world creepy like, totally wild and like this baby, I saw a show called Baby, which was a, 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 a stage version of that movie, that that um, 1970s movie, Baby, which oh, is just sure. out of control. Yeah. And right. just it, such incredible things at Fringe. It's just all coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I had to, had to get <laughs> no, it. No, no. That's, it's, it, it's part of the magic of it. It's, you know, it's like I said, it's those days where you're like, all right, I've got two shows picked, but I'm going to fill out the rest of the day and see what where the day takes me, you know? Yeah. And we should talk a little bit about Theater Row on Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, and and the footprint is a little bit bigger going north and south, but um, it's just an amazing time where you can walk to most places from one place to another. There's multiple bars, big shout out to The Plunge. Yes. Go to The Plunge. There's gonna be Plunge Juice this year. They're gonna have like a pre-mixed oh, no. like shot thing. Like jungle oh, juice, big. plunge juice. <laughs> They're gonna wow. have like they're gonna Where's yeah that it's gonna be an, it's, from it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big barrel that they're gonna get donated and they're gonna be pouring pouring shots and so 
uh, I call it I call it you know fringe juice, but like uh, they'll have to come up with a name. But just but not it's the just that. Right, yeah. right, right. But it's that. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit this joint. I'm gonna prison wine. I'm gonna go into this show. <laughs> prison wine. <laughs> they call it toilet wine. Uh, I mean, it's the plunge. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, come take the plunge. But uh, the Broadwater that uh, it hosts Sacred Fools is the building. It's got four performance spaces and is a big uh, nexus of fringe activity and then just going up and down hollywood but you're in hollywood a you're in complex you got the asylum asylum. uh i think theater of note is hosting this year three Three clubs i think three clubs theater notes hosting that's cool i think so i'm pretty sure that's where we did cookie and the monster a few years ago oh and that the lounge theater are they hosting this year they always have a lot of stuff i'm sure they're um okay okay i heard because it's 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 um it's also theater planners, right? They're the same people. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. They, uh, the lounge and the Zephyr. I think they had to close close the Zephyr mm-hmm. during the during COVID. I believe the lounge is being reopened, but they're not using it for Fringe. But oh. I think they're uh, trying to do that. I think that's oh good happening. I don't. I, I might be speaking out of turn, but I've I've heard that there are some movements on that, and the hope is that because theater planners is still in full go mode they're doing okay. all that stuff good yeah. they did singing revolution they did singing revolution yes. <laughs> which was at the broadwater um okay so uh i don't have a ton of time so i just wanted to make sure we get a few things out of the way uh f- first of all do y'all have any shows that you want to pitch is there anything that uh anyone has submitted do you know anyone involved in shows uh throw them at us cj i know you got a bunch go i do and I'll do the shortened version. Um, I am producing and emceeing a show called Let's Get Silly. It's going to be at the Broadwater Black Box. Um, it is an improv show that is hosted by uh, one of Scott's and my friends, uh, Dr. Daisha McGee. Um, she is a delight of a human we've, being. We've only got, Let's Get Silly is actually a podcast. So we've only got three episodes of this. Every episode is going to have a different cast of people and every episode will be different and we're recording it and are later going to release it as podcast episodes. Oh, fun. In so front of a live you, audience. Yeah, if you come to this show, you will be part of a later podcast <laughs> episode. Fun. So that's at the Broadwater Black, Black Box. There's only three performances. Mixing the two things we love most, theater and podcast. I was really, ex- it was her idea. I thought it was a great idea because I don't know that I've ever been to a podcast at Fringe before. Before. No, so cool. yeah, I'm really stoked about that. Um, another one produced by our buddy Scott Golden that is also at the Black Box called Die Lady Die, and it is a I it I believe it is a musical version musical about Princess Die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, and All they're right, connected right. to Airport. Porters of Hellgate, Hell's okay. Gate, okay. Uh, and they have seven performances. Great. Uh, music by Richard Munson, book lyrics and music by Charlotte Boyce Munson. And they, they, the production was made possible by the Penley Thomas Fellowship. So they got some like funding backing for this. So yeah. Um, uh, just a couple more. Uh, Housewife 52, which is being created and directed by John Wookty. It's a dance show. It's going to be at the main stage at the Broadwater. They have seven performances. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a dance show. He said there's seven dance numbers in it that he's, that he's made himself. And I know he's doing percussion for it. Michael Tioli did the music for it. Um, Shout so that one. Michael Tioli. Yes. Shout um, out. 
we've got Tales of the Transcestors, which is going to be the celebration theater show at Fringe this year. Oh, cool. Really excited uh, about this. Yeah. Yeah. There's seven performances of it at the Broadwater main, main stage. History for transgender people has been largely erased or, or unrecorded. That we have existed throughout all of time, through every land. We know this because we can feel them, our transcestors. Uh, Brittany Wheeler, friend of the pod, she was telling me about it. And I'm stoked they're doing it. It's directed by Sean DeSantis and produced by Amanda Krueger. Cool. Um, does anybody have anything else? I have one more show, but... No. The first it. thing I ever booked in Los Angeles was a new Musicals Incorporated show directed by Johnny Coppola with Amanda Krueger. Anyway, keep going. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Uh, last one. And this is actually... Bon her name is Bonnie He. She is going to be in our clown night of Let's Get Silly, but she has a show of her own called A Terrible Show for Terrible People. Also at the Broadwater Black Box, uh, she was the winner of the 2022 Hollywood Fringe Scholarship, and she was she was the winner of Craziest Solo Show in 2019 Crazy Woke Asian Solo Performance Festival. <laughs> Fucking um, right on. Right a terrible on. show for terrible people is a 45 minute physical comedy with only one performer and two spoken words. If you like Laurel and Hardy, Buster Keaton, and Benny Hill, this is the show for you. I'm uh, in. <laughs> there's five performances of that. Exciting. And that's what I've got. Other than Pam Show, which, Beige, did you get the info for that? Yeah, Pam Show is at the Broadwater as well. I believe it's in the black box. It has how many performances? Five performances. Five performances. I forgot Directed to pull it up. Directed by it's all Victor Isaac. <laughs> Directed by Victor Isaac and starring uh, dearest, dearest friend of the pod, Pam uh, Quinn, who writes our uh, bonus episode theme song, which is at the beginning of this episode. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, uh, a lot of other friends are in this. Um, I'm trying to think of all of them now. And Megan Allison, them. Emerson Boatwright, Jeff Scott Carey, Emily, Emily Clark, Clark, Ever John Ever John, yes, yeah. Feliciano, and uh, I'm sure there's more, but those are, those are, oh, Parisa Koo, um, Connor Pratt, Sidney Connor Ortiz. Pratt. Yeah, very exciting cast. Uh, it's a cabaret. Anything that Pam puts her name on that has cabaret next to it, I'm all the <laughs> way in for because she's very good at the cabaret. Uh, I was once I'm in a Christopher get Guest. Real drunk. Yeah, we're going to oh, get yeah, real drunk. Were. I was in a Christopher <laughs> Guest cabaret that she put up once, and it was one of the most fun things I've ever been a part of. And I also hosted her drunk Disney cabaret one night, and that was. A fucking blast event. That was at three, she, three clubs. She wrote one of my favorite musicals that I saw years ago at the old complex, um, 13th grade. Yeah, people love that. That was one. the first time yeah. I ever saw her stuff, and I loved it. Yeah, she's that always been my favorite. Yeah, you got anything yeah. to shout out, Michael? Uh, yeah, we got a, we got a, a show um, called uh, Who's Afraid of David Lynch? Or <gasps> How to Erase Your Elephant's Wild Heart on the blue velvet peaks of Mulholland Drive and return straight to the lost highway of the Duneland Empire. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm all right here, dude. You're fired, sir. You, you, you sir. wrote that for me. It's sir. fine. Sir. It's, um, it's, it's got an incredible cast. It's got Misha reeves Bybee in it. It's got right. um, Lee Wolf is in it. Um, David Haverty is in it. Um, Juan Lozano is in it, and oh, wow. we have a couple incredible dancers, and it's a, uh, I don't want to say it's a parody of David Lynch, because I just... You wouldn't parody him. I know you too well. I love him too you, much. You yeah. love him too much. It's <laughs> so an homage. It is, it is, yeah, it's a tribute that is 
it is, but it is a story that is a David Lynch, in a sense, a mash. This is not like for the record where they take a bunch of characters and put them all together for like to make a Scorsese musical base of songs. It's kind of like that. <laughs> I was like thinking, I was like, I want to do a, a show that's comprised, a musical that's comprised entirely of songs from Lynch's canon, from all of his different, you know, soundtracks. And so it's it's a musical, but all of the characters in it are kind of some sort of descendant from all these David Lynch characters. But what happens is you have a, a woman who's a hairdresser who finds out that David Lynch is missing. And she like kind of Alice in Wonderland goes into this rabbit hole of a David Lynch experience and is like living in a David Lynch movie. And everything is completely lynchified i'm um, super excited about it it's also it explains why you're stuck in the red room because you've gone so right. lynch <laughs> you we are already where's like it? we're so deep in rehearsals at this point and it's it's been where's fun. it at where are you gonna do it it's a three clubs uh it's oh, cool. going on we have eight performances uh and three clubs is a great spot for it yeah. If it feels like a, a <laughs> it looks like scene. a red room back there where uh, their theater is. It does. It feels <laughs> like a weird, look like... even more like that when they get the curtains back there now because it's yeah. they're putting in these curtains just for in general. Oh, and for us. to anyone wanting to get further information on these shows, all you need to do, do is go to hollywoodfringe.org and just type in the titles of the shows. And then yeah. each show has its own it's page. It's a great website. They there. put it together really well. It's really easy well. to navigate. Yeah. 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 And I, I do need to promote, like I said before, my buddy Ben Morosky is doing Dog. It's a solo show. I think it's in the studio at the Broadwater. And okay. it's he's just... An incredible writer. So he's great. He's really cool too. Yeah. My, uh, Scott, you got anything? I other than three guys, one group on. Um, you will see me frequently around the the Broadwater because since I'm an employee, I'll be doing a lot of uh, ambassadoring and showing people around on top of panically throwing our show together on our sick <laughs> performance nights. But uh, yeah, three guys, uh, one group on, written by Bailey, starring CJ. Uh, Rebecca, uh, directed by Rebecca Larson, uh, previews uh, June 4th, uh, and then we'll open up, and we have a kind of a special thing that might be happening at the opening night party, so come on out. Oh. I don't know anything about that. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Also, uh, we, are, we have a whole discussion uh, that I'm going to have. I have not recorded it yet with Ellen and Lois, who are the sort of head producers, executives of Fringe. I'm going to do they a little interview with them. They run the show. They run the show. I'm going to interview them on Thursday, <laughs> and I'm going to drop it right here. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Bailey here interviewing two very important people when it comes to the Hollywood Fringe Festival. We have Lois Neville, the festival director, and Ellen Den Herder, the executive director. Ooh. Uh, uh, <laughs> big title. Uh, of the Hollywood Fringe Festival, which is what our episode is about today. And uh, hi, guys. How are you? Alive. I have to be honest and say it's May, the month before the festival. So I'm alive and well, I'm healthy. So that's good. Good. Yeah. We're excited for what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so first of all, I want to know a little bit about the two of you. How did you get involved in Fringe? How did you get involved in theater? Uh, and, and what led specifically to this role? Uh, so Ellen, let's start with you. 
first of all, where are you from? I feel like I don't even know that. So I would love to know where are you from uh, and, and how did you get into theater and then how did you get into Fringe? I'm actually one of the only people that I know that is from Southern California. So I've lived <laughs> my whole life here. Um, I grew up kind of between San Diego and um, this place called Hemet, California, which is in Riverside County. Sure. <laughs> Divorced parents. Um, and uh, it was, it's kind of a desert town. Um, and then I moved to LA for college when I turned 18. And I went to Cal State Northridge, woo, and then for music. And I was going to be in the music industry. And I was like, because I played flute and I went for that. And then I was like, no, I'm going to go be in the music industry so I can make money. Sure. And then I worked in the music industry and I was like, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it so much because the people just weren't really my people. Um, and so then I kind of pivoted into nonprofit stuff. And that's how I found Fringe. You know, I was working, um, doing like some opera stage management and stuff like that uh and I was like oh like this is much more my vibe it's closer um and then I started to meet real theater people and I was like oh I've I've really found my people I found people that make me feel um like I'm in the right place you know yeah. well you and I met doing was wasn't it um ink fest at yeah. two cents which is a uh a female uh and non-binary playwrights festival uh, amplifying the voices of, of of those playwrights, and you and I hit it off like right away. <laughs> Fast We're friends. I We're like, be like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's gonna be easy. We'll we'll be buds for life. Yeah, that was very easy, and it's just been good to see you around, especially since uh, things have been opening back up and, yeah. and and all that kind of stuff. But thanks, Alan. I appreciate that. A fellow band nerd. Uh, uh, but but Lois, like, okay, same thing. Like, where are you from? How'd you get into theater? Fringe. Yeah, um, I'm from Port Orchard, Washington, a tiny little town no one would know unless you were from Washington. Sure. Um, but so near Seattle, we'll say. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, very boat away from Seattle. Um, but I've been involved in theater since I was old enough to, you know, be amongst uh, theater people. It was my safe space. And it was always a place where I could go and be myself. I came out to LA at 18 to go to AMDA to continue that theater path. And it was shortly after graduating that I discovered Fringe and Arts Admin and kind of made my pivot there where like, I love the theater community. I love what it provides me and provides others, but I prefer to be a part of the support system. And so Fringe was a beautiful like awakening for me and that I could be involved in theater in so many different ways. Absolutely. And so I think it was 2010. Yeah, right, oh, wow. right from the get go. Yeah, I, I mean, you're both just such, like, incredible energies and personalities. Like, I I can't help but want to collaborate with you. You know what I mean? And so, like, I when I found out y'all were so involved in Fringe, that, like, really excited me to get back involved with Fringe, actually. Um, so, yeah, so I, I we love Fringe on this podcast. Uh, but uh, here's, here's a question. Since you've been involved for so long, Lois, I mean, maybe, maybe you both know, maybe you don't know. I don't know. How did Hollywood Fringe come about? Because... I, I don't think it's that old, right? No. Um, tw so 2010, it started like the, the 20 to like 2008, 2009 was when it kind of started to form. But it was a bunch of kids from Iowa that had all moved out to LA and they found like a theater community existed, but it was also separate. So their goal was to create something that brought the theater community together in one place and therefore like a strength in numbers uh, sort sure. of thing. 
And so that's that's how that all happened. And it, I mean, it's been a ragtag team ever since. It like it's grown bigger, but I think the mission and the simplicity of what it is has remained the same all these years. That's awesome. Oh, and I think Fringe is just community. It's yeah. like, yeah. and I think all fringes operate in that way. But I think in Hollywood Fringe, it's especially apparent mm-hmm. because there's not a ton of community in LA, or there are. You just have to seek it out. So. Um, you have to seek it out. You have to make sure that you know the right people or that there's these things. And Fringe is like, you don't have to know anyone. You just come in and you feel like your family the first time that you walk into an office hours or into a theater space. You feel ready to talk to people. People want to hear about what you're doing. They want to support your work. Yeah, my favorite thing to say when we meet new Fringers, especially at these office hours, at these events leading up to the festival, it's like, oh, it's your first year? Welcome to the family. Like, because yeah. that is how it feels. Absolutely. It is. <laughs> it really is. And I think... Theater in general has that community that we all really love, but Fringe is like the perfect like synthesis of all of it. It's like it just brings it all into this one little like microcosm of of community, and I love that. I think so too, and I think the arts are is all about community too. But I think that just in particular, having this like mutual um, goal of the festival brings our artists into such like a special place where they all know that they're producing their show and they all know they're doing it on a ragtag budget because they can't produce it somewhere else or because they've been, it's a passion project, they've just been doing it or because they like the community and they want to produce here, you know? Right. Um, And I think all three of those things can matter to someone or somebody might choose one of the three, you know? Absolutely. And I I really love uh, the fact that now you do give awards there's the award ceremony and things like that but they aren't like the best play the best person everyone else sucks like that's never how it feels right and i think that non-competitive nature is really good for us in los angeles because i feel like the theater community can be a little competitive out here there's not a lot of money in it so we're all fighting a little bit to be seen and fringe allows us to support each other outside of that competition i think Absolutely. And it because really, at the end of the day, the awards, it's an accolade to help your show move to the next level. It's not, yeah, it's not a big thing. And we, we try to, you know, bring that home every year where it's like, it's, it's a community celebration. That's what it is. It's not, you know, these are the best of the best. And now, you know, they take their red carpet. It's not that. It's part of the reason we don't do speeches and things like that. Like, yeah. at Fringe, there's a two word speech that you give when you win an award, because the truth is, is that we're there to go to our closing night party to celebrate in community the accomplishment that people just did, you know? And may I say, an hour. <laughs> the fringe closing night party is always the best. I've it's had really some fun. crazy nights at a fringe closing night. <laughs> yeah. It's like summer camp, right? At the end yeah. of this thing, big release of like, we've done it. We've all done something together. And we all like, we're invest like we've, we're invested in other people's journeys. So it's that collaborative celebration. Absolutely. Okay, so like I said, one of my favorite pieces of the puzzle is is the community. We've all kind of said that, but like, what are your least favorite parts of Fringe? Now, we love Fringe. There's no hate here, but like, what is what are the parts that you, as these in these executive positions, like what what are the pieces that you're you dread? I have so many love hate relationships with aspects. You know, yeah. so it's hard to say that I hate something and then I also don't love it you know because I like love the party culture of fringe and then sometimes I hate it sometimes there's some (laughs) moments where I'm like this is actually not good for people um where when it gets to an extreme um so I think that anything in an extreme like 
when it, there's sometimes in the middle of the festival where I'm so tired and I haven't slept for three days and I'm like sitting there trying to answer an email and somebody asks me something stupid and I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> but the truth is, it's like, don't. I love it. And I also hate doing taxes. Um, sure. And I hate doing um, the financial aspects of grants. Yes, that's understood. Like, just like the rest of the theater community, like we are underfunded, you know, it, yeah. in this country we are all underfunded and so it's trying to like how do you provide like it's like it's our baby you know how do we provide for our baby when we don't have nearly enough money for you know all of the all of the things that it needs to thrive absolutely yeah i hate that we don't have money <laughs> and i hate that our artists don't have money yeah but, but truthfully i mean our artists do fine we're really proud of how much we have given back to artists it's like 3.5 million dollars or 3.6 Three point wow. six million dollars since two thousand ten has is just directly gone back to artists. That's incredible. Um, just in ticket sales, you know, we've also done like our scholarships program where we support artists coming into the festival um, through a stipend and with um, uh, free registration, things like that. Um, we have an artist fund that we started last year during the pandemic to support right. artists who are um, low income, and and there's like those types of things we give to as well. But we want more. We want to be able to tell, give everybody money, you know? Yeah. And um, in the world, we wouldn't charge for registration. We wouldn't need, right. you know, money in order to, like, someday if we, like, you know, grants, funders, we would love to provide free registration someday. Absolutely. If you're someone out there who has some money and loves theater, please look into the Hollywood Fringe because it is such a beautiful thing. Um, I, here's another question. I, when it comes to, because I grew up in Kansas and the Kansas City Fringe is actually pretty great uh, for it being Kansas City. It, it, they do really well and it. You actually buy a button and then you can see anything for five bucks, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's like, you know, it's smaller venues. It's, it's, it's very tiny, but it's, uh, it's something I grew up really loving and I've never been to New York. I've never been to Edinburgh, anything like that, but have y'all been to other fringes? And if so, or even if not, what makes Hollywood fringe different? What makes it what it is? I, well, it's so funny right before the pandemic. So right before the world uh, spun into chaos, Ellen and I were in Adelaide at their fringe. So we were cool. at, um, you know, experiencing the fringe there and World Fringe Congress. So we were getting together with all of the, the fringe leaders from around the world, sure. flew back home and within two weeks we were stuck. Um, so it was an interesting time to go, but we finally got to see another fringe festival. Wow. Um, and I think like, I, I'm so grateful for the fringe community that is great, you know, greater than Hollywood because we have each other to lean on, learn from. And I think Hollywood, the more I've gotten to know other fringe festivals, what makes us special is like we we're in a theater we're a theater community in a film and tv town and yeah. so it feels like we kind of band together like you know we are on the like a lot of the fringe festival is on the fringe of something more corporate or on you know like a, mm. a larger scale festival we're on the fringe of film and tv so it kind yeah. of sets us apart in that way for sure and we're actually going back to world fringe congress next week we're going to orlando fringe so <gasps> shout cool. out orlando <laughs> Um, which will be really cool to see another American Fringe. Um, yeah, I'm, I want to hear about that. That's crazy. That's yeah. I didn't excited. know they had one. I've never been. And they do a lottery system too. So it's like there's different types of Fringe festivals. Yeah. Ours is open access, uncurated. Yeah. Um, just like Edinburgh is or Adelaide. There's like th these 
we but we have the space to do it here in LA. <laughs> like we can do that very easily. And some places have to do a lottery system like Orlando because they don't have enough venue spaces to do more that, or like the amount of people that want to do it, you know, mm. they have to keep it tighter. Or some people might do a curated fringe for a similar reason because uh, so there's all these new types of fringes, um, but ours is more of that traditional model um, when it comes to like open access. As long as you don't break our code of conduct, you can do anything at fringe. Hmm. Very cool. So I want to like make sure that we, <laughs> within reason, uh, I, 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 I do want to make sure that we get any shout outs out that do you, are y'all involved in any shows? I know you, you have so much going on, so I don't know, but like, are, are you involved in any shows? Do you know of any coming up that you want to shout out? Is there anything, are, are there any dates, um, uh, 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 uh gatherings, that you can give us anything like that. We'll put it in the show notes too, if you want to send me any of that, but let's shout it out here as well. Yeah. Scholarship shows, which is our most important program. Um, We have 15 scholarships that we give out to BIPOC artists, as well as um, uh, disabled artists and artists with disabilities. Um, And, and yeah, it's great. <laughs> There's 15 of them. They're all excellent. And we have a blog post on our homepage that you can go to get links to any of their shows. Very cool. Yeah. But overall, like we're kind of, we're, we're like proud parents. We love all of our children equally. Sure. And, you know, but, it, and it's really, cause we, we, we're invested in every single success at the fringe. And so we, we do our best to love them all equally because they're all amazing and they have different things to offer uh, the audiences and but I will say, come Wednesday nights, office hours is back. If you're interested in Fringe and just or just looking for a community to be a part of, uh, every Wednesday night from seven to ten o'clock, um, we have office hours at different bars in Hollywood. St. Felix, uh, we are we will be at the next three weeks. So please come check that out. And then our opening night party on June eighth. The parties are back. That like mm-hmm. the Fringe is officially back. We're in person celebrating together. So exciting. And come to our social space this summer. So Fringe has, we have all these shows that are happening from starting with previews on the 2nd. And um, then you jump into the festival after our opening night party. So on the 9th <laughs> um, is when the official festival starts. Sure. Uh, and we'll be running a social space on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Um, Fridays, 6 p.m. to midnight. And on Saturdays and Sundays, 2 p.m. to midnight. And an outdoor space. So it'll be kind of like an outdoor lounge area. For people cool. out. Um, we're going back to our parking lot vibes. For many years, our French yeah. Central parking lot. And so we're going back. We're going back to our, our favorite memories of parking Love that. lot. But this is a gorgeous parking lot. Like, I've never <laughs> seen a parking lot so pretty. That's <laughs> um, great. I've explained it to sponsors. Like, but you don't, like, I say parking lot, but I was like, it's pretty. It's comfortable. It's well lit. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Um, and that'll be at 905 Coal. And that's the name of the space, too. 905 Coal. Mm-hmm. Near the complex, I assume. Yeah, um, two blocks down from there. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a seven-minute walk. Oh, cool. We did time. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, easy jaunt. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's walking distance of all of that kind of heart of Hollywood. Um, Sure, sure, sure. Um, Okay, so we love all of the shows the same. We really do all day, every day. But I do wonder: Are there any? companies or playwrights or people because we we focus a lot on playwrights on this podcast so i just wonder if there's any show that you're like really excited just to see that you're just like oh i really like this person i'm excited to see this show 
I feel like for this year, I can't say anything of like what's coming up other than the like the programmatic stuff that we're doing. Sure. But I will say I have seen some of my favorite shows of like time at Fringe, you know? Sure. So there's like some recollections of some incredible shows that I could speak to for sure. I will say category too, like immersive shows at Fringe are always really good to look out for. Um, it's, you know, especially in Los Angeles, the immersive scene is so impressive and there's just been so many cool immersive opportunities at the at Hollywood Fringe specifically. So I always recommend checking those out. I agree. What is your, just as a final question, what's your favorite show you've ever seen at Fringe? Okay. I know it um, immediately. Um, it was called Do You Migration of the Monarchs. Oh. It was in 2017, and it was a Hollywood Fringe scholarship show. Cool. <laughs> um, and it, but it was the most incredible show I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, wow. And actually, we took our friend Dickie's mom, and they're from Edinburgh, so they like are, they know Fringe, they love Fringe, and we took her, um, his mom, to go see the show. He didn't come with us, um, and it, uh, she said it like blew her mind too. Like, oh, and it was cool. such an incredible show. So basically. First of all, there was about 10 different costumes that this that this person had created for themselves. And it was just like every single costume change was so beautiful and done on stage. Mm. And it was um, a story of a gender transition told through South Korean folk song and burlesque. Whoa. And it was gorgeous. It was like That's an incredible cool. show. I just got chills, actually. I don't know why. Like that made me really excited. <laughs> Man, I feel like I can't follow that up, especially with my choice, which is Alien versus Musical. So on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> no, I loved Alien versus Musical. It was a good show. It was great. So the, the, I mean, what a great example, though, of like the spectrum at Fringe. Like you can go in for that lighthearted fun or like yeah. really transformational moment in your life and yeah. like, go for something deeper. But I believe yeah. Alien versus Musical was a New Musicals Inc. Or it started with New Musicals Inc., I want to say. Possibly, I don't believe so. And it was oh, okay. Steve Troops uh, was involved. Um, right, right. Bringing him on. Uh, shout out to Steve. He did our uh, our freak mascots. He redid our what were like paper oh, we love those. Heads and actually made them into like legitimate beautiful mascot heads. Yeah, they look like legit like Sesame Street characters. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's great. It is. It is really cool to see those vibes. But I agree. There, but that there's it's hard to pick a favorite show at Fringe because. Sure. Even like I've seen, and I'm going to be honest, I've seen terrible shows at Fringe like I have, and I've gotten something out of them. Yes. I've, I've left, like, it was like, I'm like, this isn't here yet, but there's this nugget of this idea or this one actor or the play or the writing was so good. I wish that they had more time with the scripts, you know, yeah. like just so many things um, it, it, that you would quote terrible as, are still incredible to see because live theater matters and it is so great to see a show even when it's not um the, your favorite one and it's usually under 60 minutes at fringe you know yeah. um so it's not that much of your time you're wasting you know it's and so it's not and, and not that it's a waste of time i would never say that but you know like that out. <laughs> <laughs> no you can keep that but the truth it's truthful like there you're you're it's a low risk space to take risks and sure. sometimes those risks pay off and sometimes they don't but it's such a supportive community that our artists are able to take that risk well no, the self and the self-efficacy because of that freedom to fail, like people, I, I would prefer, I want the artists to be able to take these huge risks because they're, it's going to grow their art. It may not be during this one festival, but it will take them to the next level. So that freedom to fail, I think, is what makes Fringe so good. And so having those shows where you're like, wow, there's something there, like that 
think about what they're going to do next and what they're going to take away from that. And that's exciting. Agreed. Agreed. Well, hey, I appreciate y'all so much for coming on for this. We're going to add this into the episode, uh, but then we should have y'all back. Uh, I want to do some interviews throughout Fringe with y'all just to see where things are at. I know you're going to be a little underwater, but we'll make it quick. We'll make it easy. Uh, I also feel like we're going to be doing some like backpack podcasting around Fringe. We're just going to be walking around like interviewing people, like trying to get like on the street interviews. I love this. Yeah. So we'll let you know when we're doing that. We'll probably come to like one of the uh, mingles, one of the the Wednesday nights, you know, office hours, something. Um, But we're going to we want to be really involved. And we we just appreciate y'all's commitment to this thing because it is a really big part of the L.A. theater scene. And we I mean, we end every episode with an L.A. spotlight because we believe that the L.A. theater scene is a really beautiful burgeoning thing that just does like we said, doesn't have enough funding doesn't get enough love except mm-hmm. from the community itself. And CJ's a really big proponent of the fact that she believes that LA theater, if it had the funding, could really compete with off-Broadway, Broadway, like 100%. no problem. And I think Fringe is sort of the, is the beginnings of that. I think as Fringe grows and with people like you at the helm, I think we can get there. Well, and that's why we actually are like split the position as festival director into festival director and executive director so that I can talk, take time to focus on the org and advocacy of the LA theater scene. Sure. Because we believe that too. And we believe that Fringe is at, uh, at service. <laughs> Fringe. <laughs> it's a service platform for artists. And so yeah. our mission is to serve the artists throughout the year, not just in June. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with the loss of LASA, of the LA Stage Alliance, I think maybe Fringe can be sort of our new heartbeat uh, for that community and things like that, right? And so uh, we've said that on the podcast before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like we're here to serve, you know, and, and whatever yeah. it's, it, it's something that's not forced. Like we, we try to listen, we listen to what the needs are of the community and our artists, and we will just continue to try to prop them up where we can. Well, all us artists appreciate it. And I know y'all are artists too. So I, I, I love that you have that uh, at the forefront of your minds. Uh, do you have anything else you want to throw down? Anything you want to plug? Uh, anything at all? This is the time to do it. Come see Fringe shows. Um, yeah. You will not be disappointed. It will be one of the best experiences that you've had in theater. Um, and come meet us. We're really open people. If you want to come talk to us, we'll be at our social space every every night. We just always are. Like, <laughs> like the door's always open because we don't have an office. Like, so we're, we're, we, you know, wherever we are, like, come talk to us um, and buy tickets. Tickets are on sale right now, hollywoodfringe.org. Very exciting. All right, y'all. Lois, Ellen, uh, two dear friends who I want to spend way more legitimate time with. We've never actually gotten to, like, really kick it. We got to make that happen. Uh, especially after Fringe. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. find more time. During Fringe, though, I'm going to be finding y'all. We'll grab some drinks. We'll, we'll kick it back when we can. Uh, thank you so much. And we're going to head back to the podcast now. Thanks, y'all. Woo, thank you. <laughs> awesome. What an amazing interview that was. Uh, <laughs> thanks for sticking through it. Hey, Michael. Thank you for joining us, even just for the short time. I think we should have you back on a more legit episode. Uh, I wouldn't mind I think you having should be you back on for... for a bonus episode. Uh, 
where we maybe talk about something Lynch related, but also a playwright would be really fun. I think if you have a playwright, you should come. You, really you should love. you should be you should do our Shakespeare. We end every. Season oh, we're doing histories this year, and we're doing oh, really? histories this year. Yeah, join us. Um, I'm then I'm gonna make them do but, the problem plays. Yeah, but we would love to have you. We would love to have you. I love talking to you um, via Zoom as much as I do at you know the Broadwater Plunge. So I'm right. I'm I'm down to continue this conversation anytime. Incredible. Well, thanks for joining us. And thank you all for joining us as well. Uh, this has been Theater Theater. We will see you next week. At, we are covering everything, everywhere, all at once. And I'm just going to cry. The I don't know why we're doing it. Oh, good. Go see. Oh, my God. You're going to weep. You'll dig it the most. We just bro. needed a you'll filler episode, and we all agreed it was worth talking about. And I think we can somehow maybe relate it to theater. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but I, I, I love you all. And uh, CJ, you got anything you want to say? Questions, comments, compliments, email, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Scott? Thank you, CJ. A big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson, who wrote our theme song. Our theme song is better than your theme song. Yes. It's true. He also writes all of our stingers, and he's a hell of a great guy. Also, a big shout out to Pamela Quinn, who basically contributes to every single episode in some way or another. This week, it's with the special in stuff uh, theme song that you heard at the beginning of this episode. We love you, Pam, and we will see you at Fringe. And finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright Annie Baker for writing every single one of our episodes, and she doesn't even know it. And one day, Annie Baker, we're gonna buy you a beer. Can't wait. <sighs> it's true. We love you so much, all listeners. Michael, thank you again. And yes, um, you, see y'all next time. Subscribe, rate, review. See ya. Please, God, please. I am nothing. You are wind, water, and sky. Jody, tell me, Jody, how I can earn your love. I, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but that's from Assassins. Okay, bye. Bye. Later, everybody. <laughs> the theater. The theater. Sing out, Louise. Theater. Theater.